Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network-based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business. Come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Hi and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So this is part one of two episodes featuring Carol Reed. Carol is a nurse by background. She's an innovation consultant. She's an executive coach. She has been voted by the Health Service Journal as a top 50 innovator in the NHS. She's also part of the NHS Digital Academy. She's a writer, researcher and just amazing. She's amazing. Carol has helped launch and lead nine innovations in the NHS. One of those is helping to commercialize a product which now can be found in supermarkets today. So I'm like, how? How have you done that? The NHS is um, a bit of a monster to work in and navigate. How have you managed to innovate, commercialize and push boundaries over and over and over again. So she speaks to us about her spark, pivot and sparking ideas, pivoting the concept and then sprinting and go, 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 go. And then rinse and repeating that. It's a masterclass. It's fantastic. So much in this interview. That's why we have split it into two. So in this interview, masterclass on how to commercialize an idea in the NHS come back for the second episode where we're going to be talking about how she stepped out of the NHS and what she does now and how she has designed a life that works for her and how you can design a life which works for you. Okay. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Tara. And thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. When I'm looking for guests, I suppose I don't, it's hard to know what I'm looking for, but I know once I found it. And when I looked at your profile, I was like, oh, she's done so many things, um, which is right up my alley. So could you explain to our listeners, like who you are and what you do? Yes. So my name's Carol Reed. I'm a registered nurse and um, my role at the moment is innovation consultant, coach, and I mentor people. So I've got quite a portfolio approach to my work at the moment. I've had um, a background in the NHS where I worked for 26 years as a nurse and managed innovation there when so you're right, I have got quite a varied background and I'm probably not your average nurse. 
during my time in innovation, I commercialized nine products, which included the first skincare range for the NHS. So I've done a lot of different things and I'm quite happy to talk about whatever area you'd like to talk about really but two years ago I, I suppose one of the things that's quite important to me is two years ago I left the NHS to explore and design a life that really worked for me which was about sort of balance so before Covid. Okay so there's lo- I mean there's loads but let's start with innovation in the NHS so you're saying you, you I mean you've won awards for this you've won a HSJ award for innovation and to me like a HSJ award is like an Oscar and I think that changing in the NHS, whilst it is uh, an amazing and remarkable system, for quite rightly so, trying to change things is really, really difficult. Because of the scale of the operation, how have you managed to do it? Like what was, what was the, take us back to the first major innovation that you led. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're right. I think innovation is incredibly difficult to do in the NHS and also outside of the NHS. But I think we've got additional sort of barriers that you have to be really sure that you know the art of the possible. So what you're actually doing with your innovation, will that work for the, you know, will it solve the problem that you're trying to um, to solve? You know, will that be something for patients? Will that be something for the system? So I suppose my role first in innovation was about looking at a product that was already there, but it wasn't commercialized. So it was a product that had been developed sort of 20 years plus, which was a cream that had come out of our plastic surgery department. Now, that cream was given to patients when they left after after they'd had treatment for burns or plastic surgery. And it was really good for scar tissue. So the product we sold it in the little sort of white pots from the pharmacy and it was about how can we make that commercial how can we make that become something that we could raise money for the NHS so for our own hospital to put back into patient care so I wouldn't say it's all my work but obviously I was leading on that and I was pushing to uh, to actually achieve how we could do that so we've so some of it is like old school that you have to build a business case for that but it's also about going out and one of the first things I did was about Google cosmetic manufacturers so it's just really ask Google so I had to go out and and find cosmetic manufacturers it's not something I've ever done before some of this is about having confidence in what you need to do even when you probably feel pretty unconfident about this so it's almost go out there you know what you need to look for so we interviewed various companies we worked with those we developed the first product which was a lot of innovations the same as this they come from a product that's already there and it's just tweaking it and pivoting it to a different market so we changed that slightly but then we could launch with that and we were we did it really quite quickly. So from sort of getting approval for a business case to the first run of the product through the system and launching was probably about six to seven months, which is quite quick. Then we launched it and were picked up by the BBC One show because it was such a groundbreaking thing for an NHS trust to do, to to develop a product that's selling commercially at that stage. So we were then asked to go on the one show. So we did an amazing 
overview of what was happening with the product. We, I ran an innovation, cent, um, innovation sort of product session which was used on on the one show and we talked about all the all the things that we were planning to do with that so that immediately boosted our capacity to sell that because going on the one show that was broadcast overseas and a whole range of different places and then you get to the stage so you've done that so what next and one of the things that I was really keen on was the fact that everybody in our organization was so proud of being part of this innovative trust that had developed this and I'd also involved many of many of the staff in developing the product and future products so we had a group of people and I just sent out an email would you like to be in a tester group about testing a particular cosmetic product and that lots and lots of people wanted to be part of that. So it was really a product that came from the NHS, but at the heart of the people in the organization fully, you know, all the way through that product that was developed with them. And that's what gave me great pride to do that and also gave people in the organization great pride. So the next step was about how, how could you, how could we build on that? Because obviously we needed a range. And that's when I think as being an innovator, you have to go back into yourself and see, is there any connections that you've got? Are there any things that you've done previously that would help with this? And one of the things in my background is I had put together aromatherapy oils. So I had various formulations that I'd done myself. And we talked with the commercial manufacturing company and were able to put those into a couple of new products which we developed which I decided to look at a more commercial approach and so we had a body butter and a face and body oil and so those were really they really felt like something from my creativity because it came from my original aromatherapy formulas which were then put together with the the formula that we came up with with the company and honestly it was so it was so lovely to see those go out into the world it felt like your own creativity you could you could see how people were using those products because they'd write to us and they'd say about how fantastic it was you know whether it was the creams the oils or the body butters and I think you know, that's like when you're a nurse you're really proud of the care that you've given and I was you know so like being a nurse and the care that you've given it was about these products that we developed and some of them, you know, from my own creativity, had gone on to help people with cancer, with a range of, you know, where they where they'd had treatment that they'd been able to use it, and that I think is really rewarding. It's a yeah. great bit of innovation, but to get from that stage to commercialising, it almost felt that we were quite serendipitous because nobody else was doing anything like that at the time being picked up by the one show so I would say with innovation whether it's a more medical de medical device type approach or a systems change that you want to do some of it is about serendipity there's a lot you know that you see around innovation where you have various people like Steve Jobs those very sort of Elon Musk those people that you see out there doing innovation that are known you know the product is known they are known to be this 
leader of innovation. But sometimes, I hate to say it, but some of this is about luck and timing as well. So going back to, so I have a lot of people that come on to the podcast and they've had investment and often they have said it's not the business case or the idea that won them the investment, it was them. So you've said we've put in a business case and, you know, like it just got, it just got, it went through. So I would like to understand, it's like why it went through and why you, why were you chosen to lead this? Yeah, so so I was in a, a fairly, well, in a fairly new job. I'd been in the job for sort of a couple of months, really. We had an innovation background. We're quite an innovative trust. We had the first startup in the UK. But my, coming into that role, there were lots of potential products that were there. And some of the hard work of innovation is actually what they kill say killing sort of products that aren't going to go anywhere they might be they might be good products but they're obvious they may not be right at the time they might not be able to progress because of a whole range of other reasons so for me it was I absolutely felt passionately about the cream the initial cream because I'd used it as a plastic surgery nurse in my past so I I knew that that product was really great for patients and that we'd had feedback from then. The other bit was about looking beyond where you are now to almost like a range of products. So you can have like, if you like, a one hit wonder, but you need to be forward thinking enough and charismatic enough to say this sometimes you can be in a room with people. So I say about the business case, it, you know, it didn't go through straight, you know, all of these things take time. You have to try and communicate in a way that people can understand. And that can sometimes be about the bottom line. Sometimes the creativity of it is lost. So you have to make a really powerful case. And some of that is, I suppose, really believing in what you want to do. And, it almost takes over your life to that extent that you, you know, I was obsessed with it. So I'd go off, like, even when we were on holiday, I'd be testing various opportunities for people to sell the product in their shop. Or I would be talking to people about various projects, products. I, (laughs) this is quite a funny one. I, I haven't admitted this to you before, Tara, but I was in Oxford Street and I was in the big John, John Lewis. And, I was testing the various products and asking people on the sales desk what they were doing. And I think at one stage they probably thought that I was trying to steal the products because I was going through with a little notebook and looking at various things. So they probably wondered what I was up to. And in fact, they did come up to me and say, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> so I think sometimes you've just got to go off on off on a limb to understand what's needed at that particular time but also going forward so it is about you are going to get knockbacks and if you think it's going to be plain sailing it won't be I tell this story because obviously we've got a 45 minute podcast but if I told you all the ins and outs of from getting from the original product that we had to where we moved it to to launch that you know that that there's lots that we could say in that and I'm quite happy if people want to follow up with me and I can sort of talk through some of the elements of that but it's also be really clear about your IP 
looking in, you know, checking the market to see if there's anybody out there with the same sort of product as you, because if it's any good, you will get people that try to steal your IP, copy what you're doing. We had many people try that with a product that we had. So be really clear on what your IP is and how unique it is. The other element I would say to look at is really, if you have a product, what other products could you develop that would sit alongside your first product? Because it's very rare to have one product that will actually allow you to go on and be an innovator at scale. If you look at some of the digital innovations that are out there, people have pivoted and pivoted and pivoted their innovations to fit the market that we are in now and future markets. So that is a really important thing to do. Carol, can I just ask, how do you stop yourself from running too far forward in that respect? So you might, you've got your hero product and that's what you're focusing on. How do you focus on what you actually need to do today and in the, you know, like the short term? And then when do you start saying, well, we could do this, we could do that? Because otherwise you might not have your foundations in place. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you looked at the amount of people that were working on this product I'm talking about, you know, it really was me, my, you know, procurement lead and a very small group of people plus the people that were testing the products for us. So we're alongside all of that, you have to have to have a really, I wouldn't say I use prints. I wouldn't say I use any project management tool precisely. I think you have to be quite agile when you're developing products. But it is about being really clear that you've got a line of the product's I suppose there's several elements to this. It's about the hero project. You need to get that out there. We were invited to the Pure Beauty Awards for the product very early. And we won an award there, which was great because it was with people, you know, I was sat at a table with a range of top cosmetic companies, which was, you know, it's quite quite surreal, really, sitting in the Savoy alongside all these people that have been doing it for years. You also need to be aware of how you pitch the product. You need to be really clear on what market space it's going to. And also there's this keeping up the publicity because... I sh- yeah, I was literally just about to say that. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we we had a publicity company that were involved, but the main publicity that we achieved was around, I suppose, really what went through word of mouth, but actually contact, you know, from the awards that we'd won, you know, I won the HSJ awards, we won lots of pharmacy awards, we went to pharmacy shows, I could, (laughs) there are so many mad and crazy stories, I went to set all of the Sainsbury's with a little team of two people, that came with me and we gave people samples outside of all the Sainsbury's in the southwest of England. (laughs) It was a bit like, uh, sort of like the film Devil Wears Prada and the fact that you were forever (laughs) doing those most crazy, crazy things that and pitching to people that, you know, oh, right, you're from the NHS. You know, we'd be at trade shows with all these wonderful, fantastic brands that you can think of in the cosmetic industry. And they'd be going, 
what you're from an NHS <laughs> and I was like yes and then when we brought out the, the face and body oil which I and the body butter which I was very passionate about because obviously they came from my original formulas the fact that we then managed to get the face and body oil listed in the Guardian top 50 ethical products was amazing you know it was just it's just is this real so I think that unreal that that fact that this is so unreal and yet it's happening and it was absolutely tiring I you know anybody who's an who's an entrepreneur you have to really manage your energy because it's so so tiring because all the time you're thinking of the next thing that you need to do but also making sure the foundations are in place in regards to PR and awards how much is just smoke and mirrors certain awards carry certain kudos and they're really you know like the application form is you know like and there's panels and things like that you know it's really hard work to get some of these awards in other awards it's not you know like it's not it's like I know you you know me off you know there's your there's your award so it's like how much is is smoke and mirrors you know like I see award winning this award winning that award winning this I've got PR companies you've got other companies that have just got their head down they're doing amazing amazing things but they may not have been featured in TechCrunch or something like that it's like how important is PR yeah I mean the you know we were like a little startup if you like the investment in it was really small a lot of work was done for goodwill we did have a PR company, but I'd say the PR that really mattered was, you know, I was very proud to win the, PR, uh, the HSJ award because that was for developing that product, but also some of the work that I was doing at NHS England with the Horizons team about how we did innovation and change at scale. So for that award, it was great because it, and I do know what you're saying, you know, sometimes a lot of these PR companies are writing in for the awards. But with that one, because it was for an individual, it was great that it was my peers that had put in around, you know, the work that I was doing. So you're Mm. being validated by your peers. So I feel very proud of that. The other awards that we won were really from hard work and trying to raise the profile in a different way. So the pharmacy awards that we won were literally going to you know we went to the big pharmacy pharmacy show up in there's a big big one up at um, NEC and it was so so tiring we had the we had the smallest stand of the whole event because that was all we could afford (laughs) and (laughs) we had queues and queues of people because it was unique so I think it's really clear you need to have your own USP you need to really work hard to be in recognized in your own industry by your peers as well as being able to write an application form yeah I didn't you know the HSJ award that was other people yeah put me in for it so I didn't you said when I was when I heard about that I was like gosh it's like really reward you know it's very rewarding for the pharmacy awards they're great Um, and also the pure beauty award was was just incredible to be recognized amongst peers in that particular industry and to have actually made a dent in their universe if you like yeah because because that's not you know normally PR um, the PR companies for cosmetic industry have a massive budget I mean 
you know, really, really do have a massive budget. So you mentor people on leading innovation, whether in and outside of the NHS. What piece of advice do you give them when they're first getting started? Yeah, so I I work with um, the Clinical Entrepreneurship Programme. So some of that is quite sort of, they've already been accepted onto a programme. And I would recommend that if people do want to innovate in the NHS, they try and apply for that programme, would, would be really good. And also from my own, the way I manage my business, I coach and mentor people. And I did a big piece of research with innovators healthcare innovators in and outside of the NHS and that included clinical people and you know people that were non-clinical so they might be managers or whatever so and that research stood stood me in good stead and from that I've worked out a methodology around spark the idea pivot the idea to the area that it would be best received and then sprint with that idea and it's almost like a a flywheel so that you'll probably have to go through that methodology or that framework several times to actually work out where your idea sits the first bit of good advice I would say and it's a bit that people slip up on all the time is people think they have the most original idea (laughs) in the world and I used to run a clinic in the organization where I managed innovation and if I had a pound for people that came to me with an original idea they thought and had never Googled it, I would be quite a rich woman. <laughs> so I would say is there are always, you can always improve on something that's out there, but you need to be really aware of what your market is. So if you're going to develop, you know, so if you're a clinician, perhaps developing the next ball joint, for orthopedic surgery or whatever or if you're thinking about a system you need to really do your due diligence especially around systems because as you must be aware of Tara you know in primary care and in acute care at the moment because of COVID we have changed systems dramatically you know where things weren't possible they suddenly are possible because they've had to be possible so it's about if you're going to develop so somebody I know that went on and developed some really good software you have to understand what your market is one of the areas I had where people would come in um, from companies to pitch I pitch to us about this wonderful thing that they developed sometimes they hadn't done their due diligence and they were trying to give you a product that you actually didn't need. So in reverse, I would say that to people, if you're going to try and develop a product system or process, really first off, just do a Google search. Is there anything out there like your product? Because no doubt when you're in the, you know, if you do go down the route of IP and if you put your patent in place, then immediately people can see what you've developed. So you need to be, in a way, you need to to do your due diligence, work with somebody that, you know, look at your networks. Is there somebody in your networks that you can get that to the right place in front of the right people? And can you move quickly? Because in innovation, you have to move quickly. Some areas, you know, people require a lot of research. But in the majority of innovation, you almost like have to put a, finger in the air and think am I you know I've got to go for that and you've got to get that 
out in front of people because as soon as you talk about it in public people are aware of what your product is and they might be able to get that to market faster Mm -hmm. than you can and might have the funds to do it so I would say to my little the the fly well I mean there's a lot more to it than that but obviously that's the bit we look at sparking the right idea how that to the actual market that it needs to fit into and then you need to sprint with that and test it out those experimental sprints will tell you whether you've got a product that can fly or not okay so I'm just going to summarize just a teeny bit of what we've just been talking about so we've been talking about how you commercialize something that already exists creating a business case doing your market research doing due diligence exploring IP peer recognition, getting in front of the right people. And I like your spark, pivot and sprint kind of methodology. And then it's kind of like you rinse and repeat, you rinse and repeat, you rinse and repeat till you've got there. So you've done all this amazing work, but you you do work in the NHS, but you, in your words, you've stepped out of the NHS to get a bit more balance. Talk to us about that. so much for joining us if you like what you hear i would absolutely love it if you left us an itunes rating and five star review i know many of you give us a shout out on social media which is lovely to see you guys listening to the podcast so please come and find us on twitter at thc primary care on instagram at thc primary care and on linkedin just look for tara humphrey and if you're not subscribed to our newsletter please do it's really really funny you get to hear more insights more confessions some tips and tools and a roundup of our activity over the week so click on join the newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.